The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Southern Hemisphere rugby bragging rights are available and the Rugby Championship is here for 2022. Your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Really enjoyable conversation with Jeff Parks last week who made a triumphant return to the pod. And thanks to everyone who got in touch via the various means. You can do the same under the new episode page each week on the Raw or you can hit us up on the socials. Joining me this and every week, a man who has commenced the countdown for his next great rugby trip and of which Australian rugby fans are forewarned of his impending arrival, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How are you going? Okay, tal, Brett. Como estas? <laughs> Uh, this what? is we've been doing very well in the north as you know we're number one in sweden mm. norway yeah. now we're breaking into latin america this is our first latin american uh pod episode i'm very yeah, excited about it yeah i'm very much looking forward to this as well and, and and it's time just to bring a very special guest straight in it's an awfully timely guest too with the wallabies landing in argentina for the first time since 2018 Rugby podcast. The pod now has new studios in Buenos Aires, and it's from these shiny new digs. It's a very warm and much anticipated welcome to the Royal Rugby Podcast to former Beeritz, former Saracens, and indeed Los Pumas centre Marcelo Bosch. Marcelo, welcome. Hey. Hello, Harry Brett. Thanks for having me on board. Uh, good morning over here. Good evening over there. <laughs> uh, hope you guys are well. Thanks for keeping yourself awake. To chat about rugby, so it's really a pleasure for me. Yeah, no, we're, we're very looking forward to it because we we we've sort of I feel like we've lost touch a bit with with Argentina. So this was it was really timely that that Harry got in, in touch with you, and so um, it's it's a funny sort of a it's a funny sort of situation. The, the we don't have the Hagawaras anymore. We we don't get to just you know keep our, our hand on the pulse anymore. Yes, at least we have Michael Jekana with us. <laughs> Yes, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we're, I feel like we're living vicariously through Pablo Matera at the moment. That's true as well. He was over there in New Zealand and he did really well. Um, no, yes, it's been challenging, of course, for Argentinian rugby and the union uh, after 2019, after the work mm. of the pandemic that arrived with the COVID situation, not having the Jaguares anymore. The Super Rugby challenging times for the union, for the players mm. uh, to make themselves, uh, how you say, like what to do with life, uh, carry on playing here in Argentina without yeah. an international and a competition, an online competition, or perhaps try to go abroad. And most of all of these players started to emigrate to Europe where they are now in their second season, I believe. Mm. So well, for them as well, it's it had to be like a, a swift uh, adaptation of going to live in a somewhere else. And uh, well, they are doing well nowadays. I think that the team and the union is more settled. At least they know what needs to be done for the World Cup for the mm. short term. We'll see after the World Cup if we have again another uh, team playing abroad. But well, nowadays over here as well, we are putting attention into the tournaments of the South American teams with Uruguay, Chile. I think it's great for the region. Mm. Uh, but well, Argentina surely needs to uh, have a, a new team somewhere else. And it's, yeah. it's challenging because Australia now is playing with New Zealand. 
South Africa is going up north with uh, Europe. So we are kind of leaving aside. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys were unfortunately just a, a real a real COVID casualty, weren't you? It was yeah. You know, you're just stuck in the wrong place at exactly the wrong time. Yeah, and the geography as well, yeah. where we are, is not great because even for you guys to come over here, you know, it's a long trip mm. to be done uh, for New Zealand as well. Uh, South Africa are targeting much more the the northern hemisphere. So, well, it's, it's been challenging, of course. And for mm. the players as well, imagine them, the likes of Montoya, Matera, uh, Guido Petty, all the, the best players that we have in, in the team, they started playing for Jaguares. They started living yeah. in Argentina, doing mm-hmm. professional rugby in Argentina, and suddenly they needed to change life. So in a way, go to Europe, leave family behind, and uh, try and settle somewhere else, which not always is easy. Mm, yeah, that's it. That's it, Marcelo. We 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 will absolutely get into the, the state of Argentina. I, I was looking up before we before we had you on. I. I'm stunned. I, I can't believe that the 2015 World Cup semi-final was your last game. I, I had you pegged much playing much more recently than that. You're still in, you're still in good shape. And we've Harry and I worked out just before he came on that at the World Cup next year, Johnny Sexton will be the same age you are now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I really don't know how he does it. His legs, uh, well, he's uh, well, he's a. Uh, an incredible athlete, not only in the sense of how he's as a rugby player, but his mentality, how he approaches surely every season to keep himself motivated to play at the highest of level. Because mm. if we are fair, he's playing one of some of the best rugby of his life as well, which is awesome. And uh, of course, he has the experience to know how to play the game. And in the sense of what it needs to be done for Ireland to perform week in, week out. And it was yeah. exceptional watching him playing at New Zealand. It's incredible. Yeah. When you take him a part of the field, it seems that his replacement on Carberry is uh, is not at the same level. And you can no. tell. So it's impressive how he still does it and the mentality to keep on going. And yes, my first game was against you guys, Australia, in 2015. Unfortunately, as I decided at the time to stay playing in Europe, as I was playing in Saracens, yeah, I couldn't be picked anymore to play with Argentina. It was a pity. It was a tough decision. But well, uh, I was in in Europe since at that at the time I was, I think nine years because mm. I left in 2006. So well, I decided to stay in Saracens as well because it was an incredible club. I was part of something special. We won some trophies and the culture of the team was mm. exceptional. I had a great time. Mm. And you got good yeah, financial advice there too. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that's that's you, a neat joke. You guys know Biarritz. You ever been there? No, I haven't been yeah, there. Biarritz, yeah, Biarritz is beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing to go over here yeah. and the food and the culture yeah. and the people and the wine as well because I was quite close to Bordeaux. And as well, very close to San Sebastian in Spain, which is amazing. Yes, I had, I was very lucky. I was very lucky. I spent there seven years. I remember being in the same team with uh, Dane Hale Petit. When oh, he yeah, was, yep. Yes, he wasn't still playing for Australia, but he was 
Ayan Kir making his debuts and he was an amazing player, of course. So, yes, I got the, the chance to be with him in Biarritz, with uh, Will Skelton in Saracens yeah. and some others. Yeah, Marcelo, we, uh, South Africans always liked you because, first of all, your surname, Bosch, it sounds like a South African <laughs> name. Uh, second, you know, you had a big boot. You were, you were a guy who could kick off both feet. Um, you were really a footballer. And we, and we like those kind of players. Uh, it looks like to me Michael Checker might be the perfect coach for, for this situation. Not for every situation, mm. but for this situation where everyone's coming from, you know, Breve and uh, Exeter and Stade Francais, bring all the people together. He's a traveler guy. He's, he's a guy who can land on his feet. Uh, he usually does okay first year, and then the second year he usually does very well in uh, the Wallabies and the Waratahs. Is that your feeling, looking at this, uh, the next two years for Argentina, that he has a good chance to, to pull something out of the habit, out of the hat? To be honest with you, at least my humble opinion, yes. Because of his experience, as you just mentioned, he's been in touch as well in the past with some key players for Argentina. You remember in Leinster, he was with uh, Felipe Contepomi really close. Yeah. Now they're together, so they know each other very well. Well, he had uh, Mario Ledesma uh, in Australia in that World Cup of 2015. Uh, so he has a flavor of, of, of Argentinian culture as well, in, in a way. And he's been with us, with Argentina, since a few years ago as a mm. consultant with Mario Ledesma. So he knows a bit of our culture. Uh, I listened to him in an interview and he said, I have, uh, he said, like, my personality could be kind of, uh, how you say in English this word? It's like like the English way, in a way, like pragmatic, yeah. clinical. Yeah. He can say the things that you need to say, but at the same time, he has some, I don't know, uh, flair of Latin to yeah. say yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Both, both personalities, and that's great for us because we are quite an emotional country mm. in a lot of senses. And, uh, well, our mentality is a big part of our game. And I feel, feel that he, he has a good approach for the players uh, and he will get the best of the team. And in more in this situation where, as you just mentioned, we are almost one year, 14 months from the World Cup. Mm. Uh, lo lots of players coming from different uh, clubs, but more settled now after two years playing abroad. Yeah. So I believe it's a great thing to have to have him on board as well in Argentina is the first time that we have an international head coach for the mm -hmm. national team, and it's it's it's, it's extraordinary. I'm very I can't wait. I, I can't wait for the national anthems because to me, Michael Cheka looks like the bad guy in an opera, and <laughs> uh, and you know the Argentinian anthem is so wonderful because you you have to stand there and wait. It's the don 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 the music, and they're waiting, waiting, waiting. I can see Cheka is going to be crying. And then he's going to sing like no one even knew that he had a wonderful uh, voice, like an opera guy. Yeah, he's going to he's going to surprise all of us. Pavarotti. I, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure that he is. Uh, but well, I can I, I can see that he has a bit of that. I remember a game. I think it was 2019 or that or 2018. I don't I don't recall. Well, Argentina were beating uh, Australia by 25 points or something like that. I believe it was Mendoza. The mm. same place that they're going to play now on Saturday. And you could see Michael in the changing room at halftime 
screaming at players like he has that in his person yeah. I just want yeah. he needs to say something he will say it and wow what a response from the players because the second half you blew us apart and you mm. ended up winning that game so uh, I really like him so yeah, yes <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's, uh, he's always had a he's got us all there He's always yeah. had a good blow up in him. How, how important is the continuity going to be, Marcelo? Because as you mentioned Murray Ledesma there. So he and Checker have got a long history together. But now Ledesma's one of Ledesma's first things was to bring Checker back as a consultant. And now he continues. So that continuity is going to be really important, isn't it? Surely. Surely, yes. As I mentioned before, I think it's great that he already been with the team for a few years from now and he's been in touch in the past with some uh, important players that are nowadays well Felipe now he's a coach yeah. uh, Mario he was the head coach of the team so he knows about our our culture and uh, how things are done as well in the yeah. union in the sense yeah. of the decisions the sponsors and all of that you need to know everything and yeah. I feel that he knows all that and what I was very interested about in the last uh, test matches against Scotland, is that he gave some opportunity to players. He's trying to expand the yeah. the squad because he wants really 30 players to be able to go to that World Cup in yeah. the best of shape. And I think that is great. And I think that we will see a bit of that nowadays in the Rugby Championship, uh, picking some players for the, you know, like uh, Australia now, after yeah. the, he's going to rest perhaps some players yeah. And they are not going to go to New Zealand. Uh, so, no, I, I really like his approach to what he's, he wants the team to do. And we will see what happens in the pitch where mm. he's the main. Yeah. No? Last year, you guys you guys had no uh, home games at all, I think, in 2021. And this year, uh, you have the Scotland series and the three home games of the Rugby Championship. So, he does get to bring in some new players because he has five consecutive home games, I think, which is amazing for a young team uh, to develop players. Yes, it's amazing. Imagine even for the country to play uh, with your crowd, with your people. It's been really challenging here, not only in the situation of rugby, but the whole of the country. Uh, it's been really, really challenging. So nowadays to have the team like uh, against Scotland, they went to the north of the country, what the team creates in those kids, in those families, it's unbelievable. And you can sense that. And as you just mentioned, in the sense of the team, yes, he has a lot of, of, uh, of players that started to pay for the team. And we need more depth in our squad mm. if we want to be good uh, next year in the World Cup. And the team, it has its highs and its lows. The last World Cup wasn't good for us. We didn't perform our best when we needed, especially against uh, France in the first game. And uh, since that, it was very tough for the team. And then we had the COVID situation, but we a very good rugby championship in 2020, playing uh, against Australia twice and mm -hmm. New Zealand, two draws and a, and a win against New Zealand, which was an incredible thing to have. Mm -hmm. And last year, yes, it was very challenging without playing at home. The team suffer a bit. All of these changes, players who are going to Europe, not a lot of uh, rest because the calendar changed a lot to everyone. Yeah. And now things are settled. We are receiving it at home. We play three games against Scotland. Players could rest. Players are going to rest throughout the rugby championship. 
he's going to give opportunities to other players. So I think that there's a, a plan, a plan to be done the, to the short term, which is the, the World Cup, and hopefully the team can improve as well now in the pitch. Who who should we keep an eye on this this rugby championship? Who, and who really stood out through the Scotland series? Because you, you you're down a, you're down a few fly halves, you're down a few scrum halves as well, aren't you? Yes, well, there's a not an issue with the number ten jersey, but yes, there's no one coming from uh, the youngsters that is uh, how you say raising his hand to play. Yeah, yeah. Albornoz, that now he's in the squad. He played last last season with Benetton in Treviso in Italy, and he did well. After we had Domingo Miochi, that he was kind of starting to play with the national team, but he didn't play much in Australia when he went over there to the Super Rugby. He didn't play much with Glasgow. So we are counting a lot in Urdapilleta, that he plays in Castres, and Nicolas Sanchez, that he plays in South France, but both of them are injured. Uh, Sanchez was injured in the first 20 minutes against Scotland. So suddenly, Cheka had to decide what to do. I give time to... Albornoz, Mioti, or I, I give time to Carreras that he could play 10, but he's not, it's not his natural position yet. Yeah. He's more fullback. Yeah, it, but well, it, he's a very interesting it, player. He's dangerous with ball in hand. Uh, he has a lot of skills. The thing is, does he have the vision and, uh, and the experience to do what it needs to be done in certain moments of the game? Uh, because uh, in, in the sense of skills, he has everything. But in the sense of his kicking game and vision of the game, I think there's still he still needs to have some game time to have that. And that you have it in the long term. And is he going to play number 10 in Gloucester? In Gloucester, he plays winger. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of questions around that position. But it seems that Cheka is happy to put him on the field as a number 10. And to be honest with you, he did really well against Scotland. Yeah, I was a. I thought Santiago Carreras was actually very good. He reminded mm -hmm. me a little bit of uh, a Marcus Smith type, where if you want to have a construct a, a structured control game, maybe not ready yet, but up against yeah. Quake Cooper, maybe it's interesting. I don't know. It could, could be fireworks. The other guy I liked was Juan Martin Gonzalez. Uh, he was, uh, I think, a young, twenty-one-year-old flank, uh, and he looked really, really good. So. It looks like Argentina has some amazing loose forwards right now. You guys, your loose forwards might be one of the advantages over Australia. It's possible. I'm not sure. Yeah. I agree. And as you just mentioned, we uh, we started to have some, uh, how you say in English in a good way, like same competition in some positions. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like depth. <clears throat> yeah. Some depth yeah. In, the, in, the, in the locks and in the back row for me. In the locks, you have... Guido Petty, that now he's not going to play against Australia. He got an injury uh, in his knee, I believe it was at the end of last year. He didn't recover as well as he thought. So he played against Scotland, but he was rested now for these two games. But right. we have Lavanini, Alemano, that he's now very good and with experience playing for Gloucester. Uh, Paulos, that he's a good uh, prospect as well as a player. And in the back row, as you just mentioned, we have... Gonzalez that went to London Irish, he did really well. He's a, a, a good uh, young uh, loose forward. And we have there Matera that has a lot of experience. Mm. Facundo Isa, very powerful. Kremer that he's really good in defense. So we have some good com good combinations to to put on the field. And yeah, perhaps that that's, that could be a good advantage against Australia. But 
I believe Australia has a great squad though. Has uh, so, uh, has Tommy, has, has Lavanini's uh, discipline? Yeah, Marcelo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your reaction yeah. tells me everything. <laughs> you know, I played, I, I played with him my first years, but his first years when he was with us in 2014-15, and he needs someone above to or leaders of the team to. Yeah. How can I say? Put, put the arm around you, just settle down. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? <laughs> uh, calm down. You are very strong. Be disciplined. That's one of the things that he's been battling, I think, his whole career. Yeah. He did a bit better per moments, but what I think that's his, how can I say it in a good way? It's tough to say in a good way. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, He's, he's great, though. For us, he's great. Mm. He has a lot of physicality, but well, yeah. you know, nowadays, with, with the discipline that you need to have in international games, you know, the, the high tackles and all of that, uh, you never know. Yeah. Uh, you, want he, the, <laughs> you want him on the pitch, but at the same time, please be disciplined, because if you are disciplined, <laughs> you can be a good to us. Yeah. So, he, sa- he sounds like he'd be great to play with and an absolute horror to coach. <laughs> and I mean <laughs> that imagine. in the nicest possible way. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. But well, you have leaders around him that could uh, yeah. say, approach, or hopefully he could be disciplined because if he is, he's a really great asset to us mm. in the sense of how we play rugby. Yeah. So tell me more about uh, Lucas Paulus. He's a lock for, is it Brieve he plays for in, in France? Uh, big guy, uh, athlete, what, what type of, uh, of lock is he? Uh, more athlete, I would say. I would say that. Lavanini and Alemano are more heavy and not that much athletic. Uh, and I would say that Petty and Paulos are more athletic. Yeah. And uh, he has a good opportunity. He's been playing in Brieve. He did well. Uh, and uh, there's a, a new back row as well that is in the squad that is uh, is playing in France. He's called Oviedo. He played for Perpignan and he did really well. So well, now he's in the squad. So well, you can tell that Michael is giving opportunity to these players that weren't playing the national team match before. Before we're now, now against uh, Australia, and that's a good thing uh, for me from Michael. Yeah, it looks like you have uh, four players that would be in the discussion for a world uh, squad. You know, Emiliano Boffelli is playing out of his his mind. Really good uh, player. Julian Montoya, who was really good for Leicester in the title yeah. run, one of the one of the best players in England, and then I think maybe Pablo Matera. He grew, um, he grew in in New Zealand. He did. He came a, yeah, he took over some. He games. did. Uh, he really did. He 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 took he took a little bit of time to find his feet. I think playing in the Crusaders season system, but by I reckon by about round nine or ten, it was like he like he flicked a switch, and he was. Maybe one of the best players on the field in the final. He was I think, brilliant. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Over here, we analyze his performances, and we believe the same as you guys. At the beginning, yeah. it was hard for him to to play at the same rhythm as Crusaders play. But uh, the second part of the tournament, he was outstanding, and I believe mm. it was a great experience for him as a as a person, as a human being, to be in a way. Uh, he went with his wife, with his little kid. Uh, he loved the culture over there. So he really enjoyed. You could tell that he was enjoying his rugby. And as well, when you're in a 
in a club like Crusaders, you learn so much of the culture itself. So yes, I agree that it's an amazing uh, experience for him and surely, hopefully, we have him in his best with Argentina now. One, one more player, uh, the four I was thinking of, Bofelli, Montoya, um, Matero. But I thought uh, Gonzalo Bertrano played really well against Scotland. And I was wondering if you consider him the number one uh, scrum half now. He's a cheeky guy. He does a lot of sniping around the rock. Um, you know, he's very, I think he brings uh, tempo. Um, do, you, do you see, is he the guy? Is he the guy that's going to be at the World Cup for you or no? Listen, that's a very interesting question because I know a bit of his history in the last years of him. Uh, and it's, he had some some rough moments because he was playing a lot for Jaguares before the World Cup of 2019. And at the end, he wasn't picked for that World Cup. And uh, he left now to Europe. And before the, uh, the series against Scotland, he wasn't picked to play with Argentina, you know, with the Pumas. He was picked to play for the second team that were playing two games yeah. against Georgia. Because of the injuries of Kubeli and others, he got his shot and he did so well. He mm. raised his hand and said, you know what? I'm still here. I can still be part of the game, but as well compete for that number nine jersey. Mm. Because Kubeli, he was in France. He was playing for Biarritz that Biarritz weren't in the best shape in the top 14. They were relegated to second division next year. He, he had a, a couple of injuries. He's now turning 33. He's 33 already. It's not that he's old, but well, his body is not the same as it was before. Mm. So, well, I think it's very interesting for, for Gonzalo and for the team to have this sort of competition between the jerseys. And uh, I was thinking, is going to be Kubeli next Saturday or Bertrano will have a shot because he did really well against Scotland. We'll see, but the good thing is that they are both now pushing their be- for their best, and that's yeah. better for the team, of course. And yeah. Bofelli, as you mentioned, he had an amazing season in Glasgow, a good uh, series against Scotland. So, yes, some good players uh, in, in, in good uh, moments of their careers. Rugby on the Raw. It's interesting that we that we that we talk about this weekend. Obviously, the, the Wallabies have, have landed there. They're they're in Buenos Aires at the moment. They'll head up to Mendoza later in the week. Uh, how much of their series against England did did you guys see there in Argentina? What did you, what did you make of them? What's the threats this weekend? We we saw all of the series. I I loved the one of Australia and against New Zealand, of course, against England, and the one of New Zealand against Ireland was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about Australia, of course, it seems that it's been very challenging for Australia to play against England the last years. It seems that yeah, we goes... hate it. We hate it, mate. We need to stop playing them. Yeah, it seems that England. I don't know. Uh, in the sense of uh, how you prepare the the game in the mental side, it seems that they know how to play against Australia. Eddie Jones comes from there. So it seems that there's something more personal in between those uh, (laughs) national teams. But in the sense of Australia, I really like uh, the squad. I believe that you have very interesting backline, really. Uh, The Simone from Brambis, he had an unbelievable season. You have uh, Paisami that he's more a defensive player, but very strong. 
Petaya, uh, I like a lot the wingers. You have three uh, amazing wingers, Corivete, mm. Wright and um, uh, Holloway. Yep. So, well, I, I believe that you have a, a very interesting way of playing rugby. Nick White, he's experienced, he can put pace on the game, but he has as well a very, uh, how you say, he can manage the game as well. He yes. has a good kick. Yeah. So I, I, I like the combinations that you have over there. Yeah. Uh, Hooper, of course, an amazing career. He's incredible. He's regular. He's al mm. always playing well. But well, for me, the most challenging, perhaps, uh, aspect of the game that is going to happen on Saturday for both teams, I think, is the set piece. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. Scrum. Scrum Argentina are in a, in a phase these past years that we are a bit suffering per moments, but now against Scotland was a bit better, but not at, at our best. And I think Australia improved a lot in, in the scrum, and I think mm. in there it could be an advantage. Set piece, well, now Arnold was uh, picked to be now in this yeah. uh, series, and he has very good skill in the in the line outs. Mm. I think the set piece is going to be key for both teams. But for Argentina as well, to start well, I believe that if they don't start well and Australia start to play with the rhythm and pace on the game that they could do, mm. it's going to be tough for them. So Argentina needs to be really, really in their faces, going off the line, hopefully taking mm. some time on the ball because you have an amazing, amazing players with lots of skills, O'Connor, Quai Cooper. It's going to be interesting. Mm. I, I don't often say this, but the first scrum of, of, of the first game on, on Saturday, it's Sunday morning in Australia, is going to be absolutely uh, absolutely intriguing. You mentioned you mentioned centres and midfield and all that. The the the, the news in, in Australia on, on Tuesday late is that Samu Karevi is going to be out for the rest of the season. So all of a sudden, Eero Simone, yeah, he did his, did his knee at the Commonwealth Games, unfortunately. So he won't play again this year, which is just just about the worst possible outcome from it. So all of a sudden, Iroh Simone that you mentioned, Hunter Paisami, you know, uh, all these guys are there's there's a lot to play for now. There's there's they've got they've got to find combinations straight away. So it's it's going to be fascinating, Harry. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I know. But Iroh Simone, uh, we picked up on him in the beginning we of did. the season, uh, yeah. and they kept pushing him for a selection. I think he's got a big chance here. I think it's nice in he some, has some there, ways huh? to have a the debut on the road. In some ways, it's, it's less pressure. You're just you're just playing him in Doza. You're just going to be with your mates trying to play. And yeah. uh, I would love to play next to Quade Cooper if I was a number twelve because you're going to get the ball. <laughs> you're yeah. going to get the ball in nice places. He's going to you know you just have to have your eyes open. Mm. Uh, no, I was thinking about that, Marcelo. You know. Argentina was always known for its props. And now you look at the team sheet and it's the hookers that are the star. You have Gus and you have um, uh, Julian. And then you have, you know, like crazy good loose forwards, a nice pack of locks. But the props, you know, we're still waiting for that next generation of props. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I agree totally. I think uh, we're, we are struggling a bit uh, to say so. It's in the number 10 jersey. As I just mentioned before, uh, but the props, yes, it's a it's a serious issue. Uh, imagine that our best right prop nowadays it's uh, Frankie Gomez Codela, Francisco Gomez Codela. That he's, I think, he's 37 already, and he's playing in Lyon. Uh, he's a 
great player, of course, it's a great asset for us because he's very good at the scrum. But we don't have a much depth. Now we have Gajo mm-hmm. that is a young player now that he made his debuts and he played in Europe. Uh, Tetas Chaparro that he's playing since years and years ago, but we don't have much more going yeah. on behind. And we are struggling in there, uh, which is incredible. A nation like ours that we pride ourselves with our props, scrumming, yeah. mowing. Mm. And, uh, well, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to say, and you are right, yes. You need a, you need a generation of chunky kids to come through, Marcelo. <laughs> yes, I think we need to meet them with more barbecues, perhaps. There you go. Get some proper Argentinian <laughs> beef into them. Yeah. <laughs> what, have you, um, what, what have you made of the situation in, in New Zealand at the moment? It's, it's, it's been from afar watching their, watching them not quite fully implode, but just watching the barbs being firing back and forward. I mean, you guys would know as much as, as we do from the outside that there's going to be a reaction. They, they, they're going to come good at some point. It's incredible. You see what is happening. But you know what is interesting and fascinating for me nowadays is that I see international rugby since one or two years ago, since the last World Cup perhaps, more level in a way. Yeah, You have Ireland, France, in my opinion, with uh, South Africa, New Zealand up there. And nowadays, you don't know who could beat each other. And after that, you have Scotland that the last years are improving a lot. Australia always trying to find their best uh, performances, but still a great team, of course. And you always arrive to the World Cups in good shape. Ways that I thought that they are going to have a very tough uh, series against South Africa, they push them up to the limits. So I'm fascinating about the international level nowadays. And in the sense of New Zealand, I thought that Ireland was the better team throughout Mm. the series. I was impressed how Ireland played with that intensity, with that clarity in their game plan, their clarity in their lines that they are running, the options, uh, Sexton on fire. And you couldn't see a reaction from New Zealand. That's incredible. When you think about that team and all that they went through the last decade and won so many games and nowadays without a response per moment, that's crazy. And now they, yeah. they're going to play against South Africa with all this pressure in South Africa. It's extraordinary. It's going to be yeah. fireworks because if they don't have a reaction, it seems that something could happen in the board there with the head coach. So there's a lot of pressure in New Zealand and it's, Quite unusual. Yes, absolutely. And it's really interesting to hear you say that because we've all been saying the same thing. But if you're, you know, if you guys who've been there and done that have seen, are saying the same thing, that's, that's, that's really intriguing, Harry. Yes. Yeah, I know. No one's ever been fired as all black coach, which is, yeah. I think that's something we only learned. All of us only learned this year because I thought that's, that's, that's insane. <laughs> maybe, Co- maybe coaches this week. are made to be fired. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But I uh, know that would be the first, and it would be the it would be the midseason. I think basically he's been told without being told explicitly, you cannot come back from South Africa having been beaten badly twice. I mean, maybe if it's yeah. one point, one point, it's different. But he cannot come there, go there, and get overpowered and 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 uh, run over. Or he's basically going to be, you know, the, that long flight back is going to be the the longest flight of his life. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. you see the, the newspaper as well, and you could read what Scott uh, Robertson, no? uh, yep. from Crusaders. Yes, yep. with Crusaders, yep. He said that, well, 
I would like to win the World Cup with two different with two countries. countries. Yes, yeah. but uh, if it's not my moment now, I would make my moment in another country. And yeah. you want us a New Zealand uh, board want him to go abroad and be in another national team. So there's a lot of pressure in a lot of senses. So we'll see what happens. Mm. It's incredible. You, you just you just know that the, that the other eleven of the top top twelve countries around the t- around the world all just went right. Scott Robinson's number. Where is it? We've got to get it. We've got to get it. <laughs> I imagine yeah. that now that maybe Jones is going to. I don't know what he's going to do after the next World Cup, but it seems that he's, he's going to to be another head coach after two World Cups and all the time that he's been over there. It could be the the right moment for him to go over. You never know. I don't know. Could be. Could be. What What about What about the Springboks? They They obviously finish um, with with two games against uh, Los Pumas. You've you, you you'd have been impressed with them. Yes, well, I've been impressed with Wales how they push them up to the limits in the series. You remember the first test match was very close. The second one was Wales that beat them, and Wales are in a in a transition as well moment, I believe, with some key players in their last years. Uh, but well, you can see that there's good players coming from 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 behind. Um, South Africa, I believe that we didn't see their best in this series, but we will see it uh, now next weekend. I believe that they know that they need to step up their level because New Zealand is going to arrive. Not only they have pressure, pressure to perform. It's going to be great to see how they manage that pressure. We know that they manage the pressure very well. But this is different and they're playing in the lands of South Africa. We know these type of games, how they are. They are amazing to watch. So it's going to be so interesting. Imagine those first minutes. Poof. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What what is going to be the game plan as well from uh, from New Zealand? Play, play from deep or not uh, against South Africa that they want the other team to play. They feel comfortable comfortable without the ball. They like the kicking game, putting pressure, going off the line, suffocating the other team. Nice one. eh? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Marcelo, so Felipe Contepomi is probably going to be the next coach uh, after the World Cup. Uh, how good of friends are you with Felipe? Are you going to be uh, the attack coach, uh, the backline coach? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know what, Harry? I was looking for a job next year, so <laughs> I will... <laughs> Felipe! Uh, yeah. 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 No, well, I, I had the, the luck and the chance to play with him uh, in the national team as a pair of centers. He is a number 10. Uh, we played and we faced each other a few times as well. Uh, I know him quite quite well. Uh, I think he he had an amazing experience going back to Leinster as a, an assistant coach. Mm. He learned a lot. Uh, imagine Leinster as well. Leinster are an amazing rugby team in Europe, in the world. The flair of rugby that they play is quite similar of what you see in Ireland in the sense yeah. of the attacking yeah. Yeah. Uh, skills and the attacking shape. And I believe that he wants... He wants to bring more simple stuff to our players. You know, sometimes when you play, play at the highest of level, you want to complicate yourself. And rugby, sometimes the most complicated thing is to do the simple things, to have a, mm. a skill of passing, to run straight, to to play in the sense of what you see in front of you and not making some calls for nothing. And I think he's bringing that into the players. And that gives you a lot of confidence as a player because you can play for your strengths. So 
Uh, I'm very excited about him, about his experience as a coach, and well, we'll see if he's going to be the next head coach after the World Cup. But I think it's a good uh, thing for him to be now with with Michael Chaka, 14 months as an assistant coach, feeling how it how it's been, how is the role of a head coach, which is quite different, and hopefully with all of that, well, he could. Uh, that sounds be, like an. Uh, that- that sounds like an application, Mark. Yeah, right. it sounds like a really, yeah, you really got the job. polished presentation. Said all the right things. Yeah, that sounds all good. <laughs> Thank you. I, I like him. I like him. I just want him to do well. Let's him. Please. Yeah, want to when, him on the work. When, when we get him on the pod, we'll put in a good word for you. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be fine. <laughs> please, please, let me know. Yeah, we'll do that. I can put my social media. <laughs> before we before we let you go, we, we better get some some predictions. Who 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 finishes? What sort of order for the rugby championship this year? Wow. And Very we will hold you to this. <laughs> oh, I'll, 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 give you a, I'll give you my start. I wrote an article where I predicted um, that Argentina would be in every single match, but it wouldn't win one this time. Australia would win three, uh, New Zealand four, and South Africa five. Yeah. 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 I was saying yes. It'd be pretty I close. South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, yes. Yeah. I think Argentina is going to be really tough for them because it seems that the other three teams, you know, as an Australian and even South Africa, New Zealand, if you want to compete for the rugby championship, you need to win against Argentina. Yes. You know it. You know it. It's a must. And yeah. that's the thing. For us, it's very challenging. But well, playing at home gives us hope at least. And for us, is 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 always a big uh, a big how can I say it in English? Uh, in Spanish, it's asanya. It's like a, it's an, a, a, you don't think that we could we can win. So when we win one of these games, for us, it's a big incredible yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getcha. We are always from behind because yeah. of yeah. the history, yeah. because of the teams, and because of the present nowadays. But well, sometimes you never know if the team is in good shape. Good mentality has a good game plan, good set piece. I think at home we can force teams as well yeah. at least, and you never know. When it's we, not, I we it's it's the underdog, Marcelo. We call it the underdog, and I've yes. I've, yeah, I've never known the Pumas to be anything other than an underdog. So the day you guys start favourites, we won't know what to do with ourselves. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's what I was saying. Hey. Yeah, Audition. yeah. I, I'm with you, Harry. There. Yeah. yeah, Marcelo, it's it's been great to talk to you. It's been fantastic to talk to you. I've really, really enjoyed enjoyed the chat. It's it's absolutely flown, and um, look, it's just been an absolute joy. Yeah, come back. Thank you so much. Yeah, come back to us, and we're going to put you in our team. We have a we have a roar for our pod squad, <laughs> and we we actually have yeah. our guests, you know, in their positions. Yeah. We had we had a shit twelve. I don't know who the yeah. twelve was, but you're our twelve. I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. We had we had we had no depth at midfield. No, you're slotting straight in there, Marcelo. Um, it's been fantastic to talk to you, mate. Thanks so much. Thank you for the invitation and all the best. The roar. Harry, fantastic to have Marcelo Bosch. Really enjoyed that chat. Um, just good to get a bit better understanding on what's happening around Argentina now. It's as as, as we said up front, it's it feels like we've sort of lost connection a little bit there. Yeah, it was always the way it was when we started with yeah. uh, playing Argentina. It was mysterious, and now it's kind of back to the mysterious where you don't actually know every player. 
I think going to Mendoza is going to be brilliant for uh, the Wallabies. So yeah. I, I really, I think this is going to be a wonderful two-game series. I like the format of the two. The little the tours. Two. It's yep. almost like a little tour. Yeah, yep. I like Yeah, agree. And that's very much how the, how the Wallabies are, um, uh, are treating it. As I say, they're, they're in uh, Buenos Aires early in the week. They head up to Mendoza uh, later in the week, and they play uh, Saturday local time at Sunday morning um, in Australia and, and New Zealand. Obviously, the, the rugby championship starts with South Africa and New Zealand from Imbabela Stadium. Um, yeah, it was I, formerly, formerly, formerly known as Nelspreit. And yeah. for our listeners, it's where Dwayne Vermeulen and Faf de Klerk were born and, come, and came up. There you it's go. Lofeld. It's kind of high, but not really high, so it's low. <laughs> uh, home, home of the uh, home of the now Curry Cup winning Pumas. There you go. Could be, <laughs> it's a Pumas could be, episode. Could be an omen. Could be an omen. Uh, a little bit of news, mate. I mentioned I mentioned uh, during that chat that Simon Kravi will miss the rest of the season after uh, a possible um, ACL injury um, picked up picked up during the Commonwealth Games uh, seven series. Unfortunately, um, really, I mean. If there was a player that the Wallabies couldn't afford to lose, I mean, Samu Karevi's toward the top of that list. In that tournament, um, Australia won the women's gold medal, beating Fiji 22-12 in the, in the final. South Africa claimed the men's title with a, a fantastic 31-7 win over the Olympic champions, Fiji. New Zealand picked up um, a pair of bronze medals as well. A little bit of player movement, mate, and there's, there's, there's some linkage through all this. Uh, Henry Robinson, the scrum half, is leaving the Waratahs to head to the Western Force, and that's pretty much a direct result of Harrison Goddard coming back to Sydney and back to the Waratahs from the LA Guiltinis. He was named in the all-Major League Rugby Dream Team for both the 2021 and 22 seasons. Um, Rajan Pasatoa has suffered a major knee injury playing club rugby in Perth as well. So he's going to miss a large chunk of next year with the force, which is which is shocking news. Uh, former Western Force and Brumbies playmaker Nick Just has signed a deal to stay in Melbourne with the Rebels until the end of next year. He came, came to, landed in Melbourne this year as injury cover, I think, and played the last couple of games. So, so good to see he might have... Found a home. Seth Faangisi uh, has extended his second stint with the Queensland Reds through to 2024. Had stints with Yokohama in Japan, New England in the MLR, Melbourne Rebels. Uh, went back to the Reds this year as well. Scott Robertson, as we've uh, as we mentioned, wants to win two Rugby World Cups, but with different countries. I mean. Who's going to be the other one? Who's going to be the other one? That's 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 an interesting one. Uh, despite no support at all from World Rugby and the North, Sanzar will maintain the 20-minute red card law trial for the 2022 Rugby Championship. Um, all four Sanzar cu- uh, countries are said to fully support the trial, which is a continuation of the, the local trials being used through Super Rugby for the last couple of years and the Rugby Championship as well. And... Some news late on Tuesday, Glasgow have confirmed that former Italy and Benetton boss Franco Smith, the former South African uh, player, um, he'll be the Warriors' new head coach for the next two seasons in the URC. And they seem pretty happy about that appointment, the Glaswegians. Yeah, it could be a good one. He's a good coach. He, uh, he was good with the Cheetahs and he, he can actually bring a, a squad up. Yeah, yeah. So let's see how that goes. Um, and mate, that is episode twenty-eight of the Raw Rugby Podcast done and behind us. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials 
And don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands. The Thursday two-up will kick off the previews for the first round of rugby championship matches, and we'll conf- and we can confirm we'll be back on Sunday Australian time with the first instant reaction pod of the rugby championship. And the best way to know what we're doing is to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice, and you'll see every new episode when it drops and leave us a review our scandinavian domination continues we spent much of this last week uh number one in sweden um, and our offer remains if you're in norway if you're in singapore if you're in the uae if you're in sweden now get in touch we want to know about the rugby scene where you are it's the raw rugby podcast with me brett mckay and harry jones every week on the raw.com.au australia's biggest sporting debate the home of all your favorite international rugby analysis and opinions thanks for listening We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us.